Welcome to Movie Maker Interviews. I'm Eric Stoyer. Today's guests are Chris Scott and Seth Porges, the two directors behind the new documentary Class Action Park. The film is about Action Park, a notorious New Jersey water park that was popular with teens and young adults throughout the 1980s. Action Park was a place where rules really didn't exist. Nobody stopped the fights that would constantly break out among teenagers in the pools. Kids were served alcohol freely. More than once, someone drove off in one of the park's go-karts and took it for a joyride on the real freeway. And Action Park was best known for its bizarre, poorly built rides and water slides, many of which were designed by the park's eccentric founder, a disgraced former penny stock trader whose signature trait seems to have been that he hated rules. The rides at Action Park appealed to thrill-seeking young people, but they were also incredibly dangerous. Many, many kids got injured in Action Park, some seriously, and a few even died. Class Action Park was released last month on HBO Max, where you can watch it now. Chris Scott and Seth Porges, welcome to Movie Maker Interviews. It's great to be here. Right here. Where are you guys calling from? I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, overlooking the famed Las Vegas Strip, where no social distancing is happening at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is Seth here, and I'm currently in New Jersey for a drive-in screening of our movie with with our people. Uh, For folks who haven't seen the film yet, what's, what's Class Action Park all about? All right. Uh, so Action Park, it's a documentary about Action Park. And Action Park was the most insane, most chaotic, most freewheeling, most experimental, most weird, most magical, most fun, and oftentimes the most dangerous amusement park that ever existed. Paint the picture for us of what Action Park was like. First of all, where was it? It was in North Jersey, a town called Vernon, New Jersey, about 45 miles from New York City, which made it uh, a popular day trip or you know, overnight destination for kids coming in from the city. It was open from the late 70s to the mid 90s. And it, it really became this uh, coming of age kind of rite of passage for so many people who grew up in the tri-state area who experienced this very, very strange park, uh, maybe had their first beer there, their first kiss there, their first party there. But then many other people um, got hurt there. And it was a place that is so fascinating because to so many people, it was the most fun, most magical, most amazing place in the world. And then for others, maybe even the same people, it was a place of immense heartache and tragedy. And, uh, you know, we wanted to make a movie that kind of told that story. Uh, In the film, you talk about how most of the attractions at Action Park, these totally crazy looking slides and rides that were just flat out not safe. Uh, They were designed by people who had no business designing things for kids to be on. But at Action Park, it was anything goes. And on the one hand, that must have made it a pretty fun place to be for kids. But talk about the downside. I mean, you could get hurt and you could die. Um, there was, it, it, and it's not just that you could get hurt and you could die. It's the the atmosphere and the conditions that allow this park to exist really went hand in hand with um, corruption, with other crimes, with other things. You know, it wasn't just a dangerous park and everything else about it was fine and dandy. The company had a fake insurance company based in the Cayman Islands in order to stay in operation. The guy was laundering money. Uh, they were doing all sorts of shady things, like just habitually doing it. And, um, and, and it all goes hand in hand together. Chris, what do you think? I, I, I agree. The, the, the downside of this is that when this Reagan era deregulation 
and you can see it throughout history, throughout all the patterns of, of deregulation, it is the people who get hurt. It is the common man who has to suffer from those consequences. It's not the big guy, the big corporation, the, the people with the money. And when things are deregulated, people at the bottom are the ones who have to bear those bruises, have to bear those bumps, have to bear those pains, and have to bear those, yeah. those debts. Tell us a little about the man behind Action Park. Who is he? So one of the ideas we touch upon in the film is this idea that amusement parks are oftentimes the creations of a, like a single visionary, an inventor, an auteur, or whatnot. So you look at like Disneyland, it's this clear manifestation of these ideas that this one individual Walt Disney had. And the same token, sort of the flip side, the bizarro version of that, if you will, is Action Park was the manifestation of the worldview of its creator, this guy named Gene Mulvihill, who was a Wall Street outcast, um, kind of a veteran from the penny stock world, uh, involved in just all sorts of hustles, sort of a serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur slash hustler slash whatever you have it. And he got his hands on these ski resorts in Vernon, New Jersey. Uh, and he was looking for a way to make money in the summer because the ski season in New Jersey is very short. So he wanted to start throwing rides on the side of the mountain. That eventually led to Action Park, and he eventually realized that he could kind of create his own little world here, his own little universe here, that reflected his, his sort of anarchic, proto-libertarian, chaotic, Lord of the Flies worldview. And that's what Action Park was. Seth, you've written articles about Action Park. You worked on a short film about Action Park several years back. And so what about Action Park is so enduringly interesting to you yeah it's such a so so i grew up going to so many amusement parks you know disney world universal studios six flags everything kind of up and down the east coast and just a couple of times i made it to action park and it was so clear from the moment you stepped into this park that this place was different you know i like to say the first thing you see when you walk up to like disneyland is this big fairy tale castle and that kind of tells you everything you need to know about what you're in store for at disneyland First thing you see when you walk up to the gate of Action Park is a gigantic enclosed tube water slide that goes in a full loop-de-loop, like a roller coaster would. And the very sight of it just scrambles your brain. It's so absurd and weird. It looks like a drawing like a six-year-old would have in the margins of their notebook when they're in school. It looks like something out of like Itchy and Scratchy Land in The Simpsons. It doesn't look real. And that's just, that's before you even walked into the park. And then everything around you it's just different. There's chaos. There's fights breaking out around you. You look around you and there's just like open wounds, you know, hurt, injured people just going about their day. And it just felt like this place of total anarchy, of, of total chaos, a place that as I got older, looking back at it, I began to kind of question whether I was imagining these things, whether I'd actually seen these things or experienced these things. And what really set me down this path was trying to kind of come to terms with my own memories because they kind of made, they didn't align with my version of how reality works. You know, and I think a, a, a common response people have to hearing about Action Park is why didn't they shut it down? How was this possible? That doesn't make sense. And I kind of had the same response, even though I'd seen it for myself. I wanted to know how this place could have possibly existed. And the answer is, long and complex and, and more fascinating than I ever really could have imagined. And Chris, what made it interesting, an interesting subject for you? Unlike Seth, you didn't grow up going to Action Park. One of our talking heads, uh, Jason Scott, said so beautifully in the documentary, he goes, you can go to Action Park 
seeking to have a great time, um, splash around in some swimming pools, jump off some cliffs, or you can end up leaving in a body bag. And both of those were very real options. I don't know of any other water park that that was, that was baked into the ethos of the place. And that's what makes this part, to me, that was so intriguing. Yeah, and one thing that I'm so glad I did this with my friend Chris here for, that he really, I think, understood about Action Park as an outsider that I don't think I was seeing immediately was kind of as a key to understanding how the kids who grew up in the 80s as like latchkey kids without parental supervision, running around, going on adventures, are effectively today's helicopter parents. This idea that something happened, something happened that caused kids who grew up in this freewheeling, feral upbringing to raise their kids in a way where they say, I want the exact opposite for my kids. I think Action Park kind of gives us an answer to that because they can say simultaneously, I had the best time of my life, but oh my goodness, the things I saw, the things I experienced, the things that the friends I might've even lost, I don't want my kid to have anything to do with it. The film uses a lot of footage of Action Park from back when it was open and in its prime, uh, people showing off their injuries. How did you get all that video? It was a treasure hunt, right, man? Like, I mean, there it wasn't one source. I mean, Chris, we talked, Chris and I talked to people who were digging through their attics and their garages. I mean, we were reaching out to every, pulling every thread in our network we could to put up the bat signal to see who had what. I mean, there's stuff in there that came in a week and a half before it went to air. I mean, we had the movie finished and somebody sent us a photo of, you know, there's a photo in the film where a girl is showing off her Alpine slide injuries and she has a big smile on her face. And that juxtaposition between this horrible injury and this big smile told us so much about Action Park that we, it was basically like, stop the presses, we have to get this in. And the, uh, the things that we could not fill with the, uh, the actual footage we had our amazing animator do great, great work uh, in telling those stories. Uh, but I was golfing in Nevada, a little small town in Nevada, uh, with a random guy. He goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I make documentary films. He goes, anything you're working on now? I said, I've done this documentary about this water park in New Jersey called Action Park. He goes, I grew up going to that water park. And he goes, my mom has footage in her garage of that water park. And so it, 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 the, the far-reaching um, grip of Action Park, it, it, it was just so deep and so wide that we just kept getting all of these people in our DMs and in our Facebook messages and said, hey, I have footage, I have this, I have that. And so that was pretty cool to, to to see people rally around and, and, and give us this, this great footage. I think that we were both kind of surprised at how much we were actually able to find because you look at like, you know, this is before cell phone cameras and smartphones. It was also a water park for the most part. So the idea of like, you know, say you're an early adopter camcorder dad, you know, the guys in the 80s, right? Or the late 70s, you're lugging your Super 8s or your Betamax, or your VHS tape to a water park. That takes like dedication, but, but they were out there, you know? What's the reaction to the film been from people who used to go to Action Park as kids? We've been getting a lot of messages from people going, thank you, thank you. My yeah. wife did not believe my stories about this water park. My friends thought that I was making this shit up, that, that, that thank you for giving me proof that, that my childhood was real, was very real. You talk a little in the film about class. Um, it seems like Action Park wasn't where the rich kids went. It was more like 
for the kids who didn't have summer camp to go to. Is that right? It was very blue collar. Uh, one of the reasons that the grade pool or the wave pool um, was, was so deadly is because the kids who were coming from these urban cities, um, like the Bronx and Brooklyn before it was predominantly uh, white and gentrifying, uh, Newark, uh, these, these, the, the oranges of New Jersey, these are kids that they don't have a summer home. They don't even have a summer swimming pool in, in most cases. And they come up to this park to splash around. It was very affordable. I think that some, instead of my correct, you can like bring like, like there were coupons or whatnot that you can get into the yeah. park for, for, for. Or you just steal the discarded wristbands off the parking lot floor if you wanted to. You know, yeah. like you could sneak in the back. Like there were ways to get into this place without money. Yeah, and so that invited uh, uh, a clientele of people who were just wanting to go for a cheap, fun summer water experience and not having any idea how violent the wave pool was or how good of a swimmer you need to be to jump off of a 20-foot cliff. Uh, the, the fact that it was so blue-collar um, and they advertise a lot to brown communities within the greater New York City area. Um, and the stereotype is not merely a stereotype. Like a lot, I'm, I'm, I'm black and I did not learn to swim until like I was in college. Uh, and so that, that, played a, that played a factor in, into some of the injuries and the deaths at the park, that it was a blue collar type of park. Uh, the movie walks a line between celebrating all the fun chaos of Action Park and then talking about how lawlessness has consequences. How'd you navigate that? I think what, what we wanted to do was, you know, there's a take on this topic. There's a way to make this movie as like a serial style true crime investigation that is very ominous and dark, whatever else it is. But that doesn't answer any questions about Action Park because the big question about Action Park that a lot of people... I think have. And for me, what the biggest question, why this matters beyond the specific events that happened, is why were people drawn to this place, not despite its reputation, but because of it. Action Park was a dangerous place, and that's what made it so appealing. So what we wanted to do with um, the movie, particularly like the first hour of the movie, which is this part which feels perhaps celebratory, is to put you in the shoes of a teenager in 1984 who's jacked up on adrenaline, perhaps alcohol, and going to Action Park. We wanted to make you understand why people flooded into it and then got themselves into trouble when they were there. And I don't think we would have done the subject service. I don't think it would have been an honest take. I don't think it would have answered any questions if we had just done a, uh, you know, making a murderer style investigation into it. So I, I do want to push back an idea that we're celebrating it. I don't think we are. I think we're showing you what the mentality was at the time. What does the story of Action Park tell us about the world that we're living in today? Action Park is so fascinating today because it, it serves as this wide-ranging catch-all allegory, metaphor, whatever, for any time you have uh, the forces of fun and air quotes freedom up against common sense and safety and survival. And this is, I think, a huge ongoing dilemma uh, or, or, or conflict that we as humans have, this inability to see the consequences of our actions beyond the short term, this feeling of invincibility and invulnerability that we have. And Action Park, I think, 
I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that the same instinct that drove teenagers to Action Park is what keeps some people from wearing masks or keeps yeah. people from, or, or, or in, you know, it's, it, it's a, it, it says so much. And I think that's why Action Park is interesting. I think that's why it's an interesting story right now is because it's about how we as humans are able to see these things with our very eyes and shove them aside and still do something that we kind of just want to do. You know, I'm working on a documentary now and one of the main characters of the documentary, he's this Southern Evangelical Pentecostal pastor who has defied the governor's orders to not hold religious services. And he refuses to uh, wear a mask and he doesn't want his congregation wearing masks when they do illegally gather. And I was on the phone with him today. And he said that he had watched Action Park. He goes, you know what the only thing about your documentary that, 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 that got me upset. I said, what was it? He goes, that I wasn't able to go there. Uh, but that type of guy who's down there defying every sort of government regulation, every government mandate is saying that, oh my God, that part was for me. That was my place to be. Now, the movie has a lot of really great material from comedians like Allison Becker and Chris Gethard, who were uh, both people that had firsthand experiences as kids at Action Park. And then uh, John Hodgman is your narrator. Was was Action Park part of his childhood too? I, he, he, he went to Action Park and that's specific. I, once we were, we were going to add a narrator to the film and the minute I just read somewhere randomly that John Hodgman had gone to Action Park, I was like, that, that's our guy, that's it. And we're both, both Chris and I are huge fans of John Hodgman. And it just clicked into place in my mind how he would fit in, how he would tie it all together. Because he's that rare, first of all, he's just got an amazing voice. I mean, he's a radio guy. He's, he, he's just got an amazing voice. But beyond that, he's one of those few people who I think uh, can kind of project intelligence and humor, but also surf between different emotional peaks. He was somebody who I trusted with making us feel this happy, elation, fun times of some parts of the movie and the deep, deep sorrow and tragedy of other parts. And there's not that many people who I think can really pull that off like he can. And, and that is the unique thing about this park. Like we didn't find people who heard about the park, uh, who merely wrote about the park, People we interviewed, they were actually involved in the park. They went to the park. They maybe worked at the park. They saw these things with their own eyes. It's sort of that 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 first person experience. It makes this documentary so authentic and so genuine. Yeah, there's nobody in the movie who didn't go to that park. You know, so yeah. Could Action Park exist in some form nowadays, or is this something that could only have happened at a particular time? I think this is some of that could only happen in a particular time. And I think that the success of our documentary is because we released it in this particular time. That's just so opposite and so different than the time period that this water park is set in. Uh, people are watching this documentary from quarantine houses isolated away from their jobs or their businesses or their families. And they look back at this time as this time that it was carefree. You got to exercise the liberty. The government wasn't in your way of having fun or even making a living. This place could only exist 
um, in the 1980s. And dare I say, if Trump's reelected, it might could exist next year. Well, but on top of that, I think, it, while I, I totally agree, this place could only exist in the 1980s, the same instincts, the same things that drove people to both want to build this thing and want to go to this, you know, humans haven't changed, really. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're the same species. And I think it, it's so interesting because it causes people who weren't around to experience this era, look inward and kind of ask themselves questions like, would I have participated in this chaos? And I think the honest answer, people are being honest with themselves, is a lot of people would have. Okay, and then uh, last question. What's a film that you drew inspiration from when you were making this documentary? Um, my motivation or my inspiration while we were filming and editing this was just sort of this stand by me. Um, these young men out on an adventure to look for a dead body. Um, I latched on to that movie because I grew up in that time. Um, my nephews now, they don't know about crossing railroad tracks and going and by the swimming hole and going on adventures. They don't know those things. And so I wanted to, to embody that spirit of stand by me into this, this documentary because it's so called for. That's what this time period was. It was a, for the young men of that era, it was a coming of age. It was a go test your limits, go push your limits, go compare yourself to your buddies. Uh, it was about survival. It was about camaraderie. And that is the sort of spirit that I wanted to embed into this documentary and to keep this documentary in that 80s place with that 80s ethos. Yeah. And for me, it was uh, it was all about the gear shift. I mean, this movie has a, a rather drastic tonal shift that becomes sort of the point of the movie, to me, at least. And so I was thinking about movies like Psycho, uh, From yeah. Dust Till Dawn, Full Metal Jacket, movies that halfway or two-thirds or three-fourths of the movie become effectively a different movie. And, um, and, and what that does to your brain when you realize that the movie you, you started watching is no longer the movie you're now watching. And to me, that's that was so important for the topic of Action Park because it's, it's a place that had this immense appeal that we wanted to show people. And then we wanted to show people sort of the, um, the repercussions of that. And we want it to be as sudden as if you yourself were at Action Park and the best day in your life in the, in the you know, blink of an eye turned into the worst day of your life and what that would feel like. And so, yeah, movies like Psycho and, and From Dust Till Dawn. All right, Chris, Seth, thanks for joining me. Thank you, guys. Bye, Seth. Bye, Chris. (laughs) Bye, Eric.